You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to The Scoop, UNC football recruiting, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world. Brought to you by Inside Carolina and Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. We're recording this on Wednesday, May 26, around 1130. Don, where are you right now? I am actually in Cary, North Carolina, sitting outside a Chipotle, where the drive through is literally to my right, your left. So as each person kind of, and it's packed, I mean, the line is super long. So yeah. as each person kind of comes up, they all give me this weird stare because I have the headphones on. I wonder if they know you're the number one expert for UNC football recruiting in the world. I wonder if they know I'm talking to Ross, the Ross Martin. There you go. All right. So we got Don on location, kind of. Um, I think the first time you record a podcast, not in that little setup you have. I recorded them all over the world, Connecticut. Um, I think I might have done one from like Spartanburg or a hotel one time. Okay. All right. Cool. We'll have, to, we'll have to get research on that. All right, guys. We have a huge show. Actually, a really cool show. We're going to preview all of June. June is set up to be a huge month for all recruiting, football and basketball, and especially football recruiting because the open period begins June 1st. And this is the first time uh, players have been allowed on campus in an official and unofficial basis pre since the, before the pandemic, which was in March. So you remember all those, um, I guess, visits around basketball season in 2020. That was the last time visits were allowed. It was then shut down. And uh, so the three or four months, weeks in June are going to be crazy. We're going to break down all of that uh, and preview kind of what June looks like for UNC. We're going to get into a, some recruitments of, of some certain players in the 2022 class, just based on some stuff from Don's Weekly Scoop, some names that stand out, some developments there. Um, we're going to talk about the status of quarterbacks in the 2020 cla 2022 class for UNC. And then we're going to bring on Camaro Edmonds, 2021 running back signee who's going to enroll at UNC here in a couple weeks. Uh, coming off, did he win a state championship, Dom? No, they played in the state. They went undefeated into losing in the state championship, okay. and he was injured during that game, but did come back. But it was oh, wow. just too late. Okay, so Kamara Edwards come on for a short interview. He expects to be in the mix at running back for UNC uh, over the next three or four seasons in Chapel Hill, and we'll close with our. Uh, top five documentaries. We have a couple submissions from our loyal listeners. Don and I will give our top five documentaries. Um, Don, anything else you want to get on the schedule there? No, uh, we have a lot to cover in a short period of time, and I'm excited to talk to uh, Camaro. I talked to him about a week ago, so um, good to get him on the podcast. We haven't had a guest on for a while. We haven't had a, a recruit guest on for probably a year or so. For sure. Okay, first, Don, tease your top 50. You're going through your top 50 players in North Carolina for the 2022 class, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So tell us what's going on and tell us how people can find those stories. Yeah, so if you're an Inside Carolina, longtime Inside Carolina subscriber, you know I do this 10 at a time, starting on Monday, ending on Friday. Uh, we are recording on Tuesday, so we are at Wednesday. Um, Wednesday. Wednesday. God, my days are running together. Um, so we're at uh, the 20s. Um, for where we're at in the, on the top 50. And I got to tell you, this was probably the most difficult year for a lot of different reasons. The COVID stuff, mostly just not having reliable heights and weights on guys. And that's so important because for most positions, your height dictates not only what you might play, but dictates what level of, of play that you are kind of sort of um, slotted for, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that made it really, really difficult. Also, just because of there hasn't been a whole lot of, um, I guess, exposure for a lot of guys. We had a very shortened season in North Carolina. I started the way I, I do it. I rank positions first and kind of jumble around and everything. And then I kind of put the 50 together, which ends up being like a 75 because I have 25 honorable mentions. 
where my initial draft of it, I didn't have, I didn't have 75 guys. So I had to kind of go back to the drawing board, do some deep diving, um, reach out to some um, scouting services that, that I have connections to, to find some additional guys. So it, it was, it was, a, it was a mess. Um, I think I like to kind of um, do things differently or, or have some shock. I don't like to go with with what the perception is, you know what I mean? Right. Cause I think a yeah. lot of people, you know, there's a perception on certain guys. I like to make sure I do my own thinking. And I think more than any other year, there's going to be a lot of shock um, yeah. positioning in the rankings uh, because of, of the fact of the limited information that's been out there on these guys for everybody else. But I've actually, yeah, I'm probably one of the few people, usually the college coaches have seen these guys, I'm one of the few people in the world who have seen most of these guys on this list in person. Oh, wow. And I, I don't think that there's anyone else other, unless you're a scouting service like Exos or Prep Nation who has seen these guys in person like as many as I have. Yeah, shocking. Don's shocking top 50. Such a wild card. You're such a bad boy with making it so shocking for us. <laughs> I want to keep I want to keep you on the edge of your seat. I don't there want you, you to that's... look at it and be like, "All right, yeah, this is what everybody else is ranking." Yeah. You know, this is what the offers are telling me. This is what you know. I don't want. I don't. I don't like that. I want to look at it. Forget about the offers. Forget about what everybody else is telling me about how good a kid is. Look not at that tape. I don't take. Yes, look at the tape. Um, not that I don't take others' um, opinions in because I definitely consulted with a bunch of people who were able to see my first couple of drafts before I published it and got their takes and, and try to see what they saw sort of thing. But I mean, this is my own thing um, that, that I do just looking at the kids from what I've seen in camps and on, on film. Okay. Yeah. So check that out on inside Carolina for premium subscribers. If you're into high school football in the state of North Carolina, no other source, Don Callahan, you have to be a inside Carolina premium subscriber to get those. Every story is behind a paywall, but definitely worth the price of admission. Okay, Don, let's get into it here. We have about, 15 minutes or so before we uh, bring on Kamara. If we don't get into everything, we'll talk to, we'll talk about those players after Kamara. So don't feel rushed here, but I was going through okay. weekly scoops. You know, we haven't talked in uh, what three, four weeks because we had to skip a podcast for what reason? We were trying to get guests and there wasn't right. a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. May is super slow in general. I've just noticed. Um, yeah, so we delayed one week to make sure we had a guest because um, I think a lot of players had exams. But that's yeah. okay. Here we are. So let's go through um, some things that stood school out to first. me. Yeah, education school first here on the Scoop Podcast. Um, okay, first, quarterbacks. I looked at your weekly scoop when you had your mock class, and there was no quarterback listed, Don. So what is UNC yeah. doing right now for the 2022 class at quarterback? What's Phil Longo got cooking? What do you think is going to happen there? Because there's like obviously there's kind of a path now. You got Sam Howe, then you behind him you have Jacoby Creswell. Jacoby Creswell from Arkansas, and then you have Drake May. So it's kind of like shows you the trajectory. What's uh, what's UNC thinking about doing with the 2022 uh, quarterback spot? So initially we talked about how because of what you laid out, it's it's, it's a very intimidating depth chart to try to recruit to. So. The initial plan was, hey, let's get a developmental guy. Let's build him up. Obviously, de developmental guys aren't going to be, aren't going to have as many options as, as more polished guys. UNC, somewhere within the last couple of months, decided, hey, let, let's get a legit dude. And that initially was Braden Locke, who, after taking some a visit to North Carolina for the spring game and taking a visit to Mississippi State for his spring game, decided to commit to Mississippi State, which has a, a way better a quarterback situation for an incoming 2022, which is what North Carolina was kind of worried about. Um, so then the plan was there's a, there's a handful of guys that the staff really likes. We have summer camps right around the corner. Let's wait for the summer camps. Let these guys work out, figure out which one we like best, because it's not just a, a, a physical evaluation, watching them throw and all that sort of stuff. It's talking to these guys, seeing how they interact with everybody else, um, spending some time with them. Um, because really, uh, Longo is really big on, you know, do they love football? That's really important to him just because the the extra hours you have to put in as, as a quarterback. And also, you, you're, you know, the quarterback puts in a lot of extra hours with Longo himself. So you got to jive with that guy. You can't, you know, you can't, not everybody's like me and can work with someone they don't like. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so then okay. that all that all went out the window over the weekend when UNC offered 
a kid out of Alabama. Oh, and um, his name? It, his name is Connor. I had this up. I'm sorry. Connor Harrell. Um, and he's a state championship quarterback at the highest level at North uh, in, in Alabama, won the state championship this, this past fall, has unbelievable numbers. He's a little bit undersized, which is why a lot of other schools have kind of shied away. But within the past couple of weeks, a, a brand new wave of scholarship offers came in, including North Carolina and Michigan over the weekend that has kind of shaken up his recruitment a little bit. But uh, I talked to him shortly after he received the scholarship offer and we ran a story on Monday that goes into detail with everything. But um, North Carolina immediately jump, jumps into this race with that scholarship offer. But you're, you're referring to the mock class, and he wasn't offered at the time. Gotcha, yeah. So let me go through. Let me look at Connor. I did not know they'd offered someone. Um, so I apologize to everyone out there. Uh, 6'1", 191. Maybe he's a little shorter than 6'1". Is that what you're kind of thinking? Pro- probably. Yeah, from Alabaster, Alabama. I, I, think, I, I would think – yeah, looking at his film, looking at his numbers are unreal. If you look at his yeah. numbers, I think his his tight his touchdown to INT ratio was something like forty three to two, um, which is amazing. Um, completed over seventy percent of his passes. I think he threw for over three thousand yards. Now they played a full season, mm-hmm. so you can't really compare that to the North Carolina guys. Um, but he's playing against the highest level in Alabama, which is super impressive. Went went undefeated the entire season, won the state championship, which. Um, one of the one of the subscribers on the message board actually found a really quick highlight of the state championship game, which was an absolutely nuts ending to a uh, football game. Okay, all the place there. Number six four six in the nation. Number thirteen dual threat quarterback. Number twenty four player in Alabama, and it has a good offer list. I mean, you look at it, like you said, um, you have Duke, uh, Appalachian State, Arizona State, but then and Vanderbilt, Northwestern. Seems like maybe an academic kid with those three offers um, kind of in the warm section. Then you go into Arkansas State, and then it gets like Louisville's offered, uh, Michigan's offered, Nebraska's offered, North Carolina's offered, um, you know, TCU, Southern Miss, Tennessee's offered, UCF, USF. So uh, Washington State, West Virginia. So a a lot of of Power 5 offers. So certainly a guy um, to pay attention to. So is he going to come to campus, you think, in June? Is that a possibility? Yeah, so he, he plans on visiting. I mean, okay. Obviously, a lot of this stuff is really new. I talked to him. He had not spoken to North Carolina at all until yeah. he, he, spoke on, he spoke on the phone with Phil Longo when he offered him. So a lot of it figuring out. And it was actually earlier, about a week ago, he came out with a top 10, and he thought he was, all right, this is how I'm rolling with my recruitment. The top 10 was Arizona State, Duke, Indiana, Liberty, Louisiana, Lafayette, Nebraska, Northwestern, TCU, Vanderbilt, and West Virginia. He plans on knocking out two of those schools and then inserting North Carolina and, and Michigan, um, but he hasn't figured any of that out. Who's going to be knocked out? Who is, going to, who is he going to visit? He has some official visits set up, has some conversations with official visits, but a lot is up in the air with him. All right. There you have it. Good stuff. I, I learned something new in this podcast. What we do, we, we learn new things about uh, football and about each other. Okay. That's the quarterback situation and make sure to pay attention to um, what Don posts on the board and his articles about the development of the 2022 quarterback situation for UNC. Let's get a couple more players in. <clears throat> Excuse me, before we bring Camaro, on Camaro. Camaro is ready if you, whenever you want to bring him in. If you want to bring him in now. Okay, let's do one more quarterback. Let's do one more player. And then okay. we'll bring on uh, Camaro. And we'll do Adri. Then we'll bring on Camaro and we'll be good to go. Okay? All uh, right. Well, well, first, we need to talk about you, – you mentioned it a little bit with the June, with how busy June's going to be. Just a kind of little bit of a tease. We're going to have a mega June preview in the weekly soup coming up next week. I don't know when this is going to be posted, but it's definitely going to be posted before that uh, that weekly scoop comes out. So definitely check that out. We and we're going to break down every every major target that North Carolina has and where mm-hmm. they plan on going in June. So I imagine it's going to run June first, as that's a Tuesday next week. Yes. Yep. Cool. Okay. Let's get into one more player, and then we'll bring on uh, Camaro Edmonds. Deuce Caldwell. I saw his name and I didn't recognize it. And, and maybe that's my fault. Um, contrary to popular belief, I have other interests outside of UNC football recruiting. But what's going on with him? A safety 6'1", 210 from South Carolina. Not super highly ranked. 10-13 uh, in the nation. 1,013 in the nation. And the number 36 inside linebacker. Don? Yeah, so he's one of the – I guess – 
if I'm, unless I'm, I don't think I'm forgetting anyone, but prior to Connor Harrell being offered, he's the most recent. Deuce Caldwell is the most recent offer, which is probably why you haven't heard of him. Okay. Now, UNC, even though he's, I guess, ranked as a safety, UNC is looking at him as a linebacker. We've talked about before when we talked about Jalen Walker and everything. Linebacker, getting one linebacker in this class is pretty big, uh, of pretty high importance for North Carolina. So um, here's a guy who's offered. He's scheduled an official visit in June. Um, also has an official visit scheduled with UCF. The potential staggering point for North Carolina is Clemson. He's supposed to camp there early in June. He, they haven't offered. Anyone who's been in Malden, South Carolina knows it's, it's Clemson country. You can't go anywhere without seeing that orange everywhere. The funny thing is, and I don't know if you caught this in the weekly scoop. I included this in the extra scoops. Was that after I ran his story, which kind of broke down, you know, the, the official visit and his offer, I posted it. And then um, just like every other story, there's a bunch of comments from Inside Carolina subscribers. But a lot of them kind of just said he was going to go to Clemson. Um, even one said that uh, he would probably walk on to Clemson before accepting a, a scholarship offer from North Carolina. That really kind of pissed off Deuce to the point where he reached out to me and uh and you know kind of just share his thoughts on that saying it's not true i'm not going to read the exact quote but it's the complete quote that he that he sent me in a dm is in the weekly scoop so definitely check that out because i think it's kind of funny just um the fact that i think people think i, I think most recruits don't read the message boards but there mm -hmm. definitely are a good chunk of them that do so you got to be careful on what you're posting out there yeah and remember like if you know when you have access to 24 seven sports and it's like Carolina, you have access to every message board, not just, you know, maybe he has a family member who's a South Carolina or a Clemson fan have access to every message board. So you can see every article posted about you on every yeah. site. So you're seeing multiple boards. You may not be able to post on inside Carolina, but you can read it for sure. Tons of offers, um, Alabama, Vanderbilt, West Virginia, UNC, Duke, East Carolina, Baylor, UCF. So, Definitely a recruit of interest. Deuce Caldwell could be the one of the linebackers or, or the linebacker. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't think I think North I think North Carolina wants well, they're, they're recruiting other guys. They want one, definitely one. I okay. don't think they'll take two, but they definitely want one. And Caldwell is is one of the guys um, who's officially visiting next month. There are some others. Check out the weekly scoop next week to find out those names. All right, great guys. When we come back, we're gonna bring on Kamaro Edmonds. And uh, we do a, a big interview with him. And we'll all after that, we're going to talk about Sherrod Coville, Travis Shaw, and Dalen Everett. Also want to talk a little bit more about June. Uh, Don previewed his weekly scoop. It's going to drop next week on June. But I want to get into a little bit more to give you all an idea of what June's going to look like. I think it's going to be pretty hectic across the board. Um, commitments, visits, all that good stuff in June. So we want to give you a good preview of that because we won't record until, you know, into June. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, when we come back, we'll bring on Kamara Edmonds. But first, I want to talk to you about Johnny T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com, your one-stop shop for everything UNC-related. Things are opening up, going out to bars, going out to restaurants, going out to see family, going out to tailgates and games coming up here in the fall. Get all your gear at Johnny T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com right on Franklin Street. They're a local business locally owned and we always want to support those local companies they have field hockey national championship t-shirts great chance to get that they have water bottles gonna be hot they have long sleeve short sleeve they have tank tops anything you need for the summer get it at johnny t-shirt and johnny t-shirt.com toys games you know field games for the summer um you know, the Rams had cake topper you big cake topper guy don they have fuzzy polka dot socks long sleeve shirts Anything related to UNC, they have it all. Pretty sick soccer jerseys, you know, golf polos, everything you need at Johnny T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com. And remember, all inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off with the code located on the premium message board. So join inside Carolina, get that 10% off discount code and do all your shopping for holidays, for friends, for family, for birthdays at Johnny T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com. We're going to play a couple national ads, get paid. When we come back, we'll have Kamaro Edmonds, UNC, uh, 2021 signee. He'll be a freshman this fall.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into The Scoop, presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. We have a very special guest now, 2021 running back, UNC signee, Camaro Edmonds joins us. Did I say your first name right? There you sir. Caramara Edmonds, awesome. Uh, he's going to be enrolling at UNC in June and join the running back room in Chapel Hill. Thanks so much for joining us, Don. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, so, yeah, Camaro, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you're the first signee of, of this class to come on, so congratulations for that honor. Um, first topic I want to talk about, is probably the freshest in your mind, is the, the, your senior season which was strangely held during the spring. What, what's it like to, what was it like, I guess the last really year where you didn't have a senior season, all these other states were playing during the fall, and then you have this abbreviated season during the spring? Well, um, I'm going to say COVID kind of helped a little bit, but it still messed it up kind of because we had to like take a lot of breaks and we didn't get time to like practice as much, but it still gave us more time to work out and, get mentally and physically focused for games and it gave us more time to like um get more film on people you know and that's why this, that's why it looked like it was so easy this year it was just blowing teams out left and right because we watched so much film and we studied them so well so it kind of helped a little bit I wanted to ask about just you know you you did blow people out most of the season and then the state championship game you faced a nemesis of Havelocks for a long time which is uh, Charlotte Catholic and they ended up beating you guys, uh, but it was a close game. And they didn't have you for a good portion of the game, though, but you did come back. Tell us just about what happened with the injury. What was it like being on the sidelines watching? Why did you come back? Would you have came, come back if it was a regular season game? Just give us a rundown of, of that game. Um, I felt like we came out really slow that game. And, you know, um, we'll let them beat us with pass, even though they run the ball. But, um. Yeah, I got injured. Um, I had a little ankle sprain. It was pretty bad. Um, I came out, and I couldn't really walk. I could barely run. And I just was like, it's my senior season. I got to play for the boys. I can't just sit here and give up and sit on the sideline and watch everybody. So I taped it up as tight as I could, and I just went back out there. And if it was a regular season game, I probably would have went out there because it's not as important as a state championship game, you know. Great. Uh, let's go through some stuff here. So you're you're listed at 5'11", 226 pounds. Is that what you are right now? Or, or where are you with your weight? I'm about 230 now. 230. Where does UNC want you? Um, They haven't really gave me, like, a legit answer yet. Mm-hmm. I'm at, But, I mean, I'm pretty sure when I get there, I'm going to drop weight and just bulk up. I'll probably drop down to about 220 and just bulk up a little bit. Yeah, add, drop some fat, add some muscle for sure. You're ranked, uh, just for our, our listeners, uh, Kamara's ranked 248 in the nation, number 13 running back, number 16 player in the state of North Carolina, 24-7 um, sports four-star from Havelock, North Carolina, Havelock host, High School, which is a, a state powerhouse. Um, I watched some of your tape, and you're definitely a power back, but you certainly have speed to make the big play. Uh, you have a little quickness as well. How would you describe your game? Because, I mean, Size-wise, you seem like a power back. What do you think you're going to bring to the table um, at UNC? Um, I got good vision. I'm elusive, and people think because I'm 230, I'm big. They don't think I can. They don't think I can run. So mm-hmm. when I get there, I'm just going to show everybody I can run. <laughs> you know, um, 
But yeah, I'm a power back. I I, I don't think I can be tackled one on one by anybody at all. Tell us about the uh, Chucky doll. What's the story behind that? <laughs> yeah, shows what um, you got there. Um, we had a little seven on seven, like it was just a little, a little fun, like a little uh thing. It was like the older guys that graduated or whatever before us that like 2013, uh, they was getting state championships, 2012 and stuff. We played against them, and I was like, why not get a Chucky doll? I was watching the movie. I was like, Chucky doll. So I went up there. I seen him, and I didn't even think it was this big. But this thing is huge. But, uh, yeah, I just got them, and I just started bringing them everywhere. And then I was like, why not bring them to the games, you know? Put some fear into the other teams. So I just started bringing them everywhere with me. And then everybody's just like, man, we're, what's up with the Chucky doll? I'm just like – my dad always used to call me Killer Cam when I was little because I used to just demolish kids when I was younger. So <laughs> killer and the killer. Can you can you hold it up and show everybody? So if you're just listening and not watching uh... – Camara is holding a, a pretty big, I'd say about a three-foot Chucky yeah. doll with uh, scratched-up overalls and orange hair. It's pretty pretty crazy stuff. I had one question, though. You okay. mentioned the 7-on-7 seven seven against, against some of the uh, Havlock alumni. Some of those guys are playing in the NFL or have played in the NFL. Who, who are some of the competition you had out there on the opposite side of that 7-on-7? Seven seven? Um, like Keon Joyner, um, Pharaoh. I was wondering if Pharaoh was there. Is he, I did, is he still stud? Oh, Pharaoh wasn't at the 707, but I did one on one. Oh, okay. That was this was oh, really? this, when I, this when I was about 205 when I was playing DV. Back when I was playing DV, I had to guard him, and that did not go too well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it was a bunch of players. I, I can't really remember all the names, but it was a bunch of players that played at Havlock. Mm-hmm. Some of them went to college, some of them didn't, but it was still fun to go out there and play. Guys, we beat them, of course, but it was still fun. Let's go back to your recruitment. Um, you know, it was, you're, you're an in-state guy. UNC was on you, but you have a bunch of offers from other schools. What was your recruitment like? What schools did you were you interested in during the process? I mean, looking at your list right now, you had South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Maryland, LSU, Louisville. Can you kind of give us a glimpse into kind of what your recruitment was like leading up to um, when UNC became the favorite? Um, well, you know, Everybody recruited me. Um, a lot of coaches. Talk, I've talked to a lot of coaches. I've been in a lot of places. You know, um, I wouldn't say it was like it, it was pretty crazy. It was just coaches left and right calling every night. I had to like make a schedule for coaches and phone calls at night. So I'm like, all right, we'll get this coach on the phone at this time. Then the next coach. But um, it, it came. It was like this. To be honest, the schools it was between was UNC and really LSU and Virginia Tech. And then I was breaking it down. I'm like, why not play for North Carolina, you know? And, and I already had a bond with all the coaches there. And, you know, they just checked off all the boxes, you know. They have a good environment on and off the field. I love the atmosphere, you know. So I was just, like, I pulled the trigger and committed to UNC. Where else did you visit during the recruiting process? Um, NC State, Tennessee, VTech, South Carolina, uh, Duke. I'm trying to think where else I went. You didn't make it to LSU. Coastal. Uh, okay. DC. No. Great. So uh, you committed on you committed during the pandemic. Uh, I remember that April third, twenty twenty. And you mentioned about about UNC. Um, what was it like when the pandemic hit, and uh, and you had to kind of finish up your recruitment during that? Was that weird? Was that odd? Or was it kind of you kind of knew where you were going anyway? Yeah, I already knew where I was going. Like, me, my parents, we had to sit down and talk about it. Like, it's not far. No, it's not home. And it's a great school. So, why not? Yeah, that was – I remember that you wanted to take a bunch of visits first because we were on, in this limbo constantly where – the dead period was just being extended. It wasn't like it was now where it's been for a long time. It was like, all right, dead periods until this month and then until this month. And so I think you were one of the guys who was hopeful that you could take some visits. So yeah. was it like, like how hard was it to say, okay, I'm not going to finish my, basically your research because I'm sure the visits were pretty important. How hard, hard was it to say, okay, I'm not going to finish my research. I'm just going to make the decision based off of the, the, the information I have right now. 
Yeah, it was uh kind of hard because I wanted to take a lot of visits to like I wanted to go to LSU. I wanted to make a trip to Louisville and Maryland. I wanted to go to all those schools and then COVID hit. I couldn't do anything. So I'm just like, I know a lot about UNC. So I really pretty much just like cut a couple teams out. And I like I was like, well, this might be the school. And I'm thinking in my head, like I, I kept getting on the phone with the LSU coach because that was like the other school. I was like, man, I should go to LSU. But I'm like, that's a good school. But UNC is a good school. But LSU so far, but I'm like, I don't really know too much about LSU and I don't know when I'm going to be able to go visit. So UNC was just that choice. A lot of people said that the pandemic kind of made a lot of recruits stay closer to home just because it made them realize just how important that is. Did, did, did that impact it or was just North Carolina just so far ahead of the other schools for other reasons that made you choose North Carolina? Yeah, I think UNC was just on top. They were just on top at the okay. whole when and you were ahead, kind Dom. of in there with you were in there when um you know the group the commitment list started to just grow and have some very vocal members and how much of an impact did those guys have just kind of being in your ear all the time recruiting you man well you know um Keyshawn Silver that's my guy him and Gabe Stevens I was close to those guys so um Keyshawn really he he, he was like man why not you know why not come play for, for North Carolina, you know, it's my city. Why not play for your state or whatever? And um, I was just like, yeah, you're right. So, and then everybody that committed just started texting me. It's like, yo, 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 you coming, you coming, you coming. I'm like, I don't know. I'm telling everybody I don't know, but really I'm coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, yeah, they had a, a part of that too. Yeah, so you kind of, you committed right after like all those other four stars committed with like Drake, Keyshawn, uh, Eli Sutton, the wide receiver, um, Kobe Passor, they all committed. I think a month later you committed. Um, good stuff. What is, what's it like when Mac Brown is on the phone with you? Like what's, what's his recruiting pitch? What's that like? Cause we've heard it in the media, you know, he, he's a, he's a really good talker. Says all the right things. What's it like as a recruit? Oh yeah. He, he's the goat. First of all, he's the goat. Um, and yeah, um, he's a good talker. He's a funny guy. So, we sit on the phone for hours joking about everything, uh, about football, anything. We just joke. So, yeah, he's a great coach, though, you know. What what in particular, you know, made, you know, your relationship with him stand out from other coaches? Because, I mean, all these guys are good recruiters. They all know what to say. Was there anything about Mac Brown and the staff in particular that kind of sold you to, to them? Well, I mean, he really just made me feel like I was at home, you know. Those talks, you know, it just made me feel like I was at home. I felt real close, so. Speaking of the staff, when you committed, and actually even when you signed, Robert Gillespie was a running back coach. Since then, there's been a change at your position. Um, so what's it been like, I guess, changing you know, to Larry Porter, um, developing that relationship and all that? Um, it was a little different. Um, I just had to get close with him next. You know, me and Coach Porter, we talk all the time. So I'm just creating a bond before I get there. You know, I'm just waiting to meet him, you know, and get it work. Yeah, and on that note, I mean, what do you think about the running back room? Uh, they lost Javante Williams. They lost Michael Carter. So you have um, the, the grad transfer, Ty Chandler, Josh Henderson, DJ Jones, uh, Elijah Green, Caleb Hood, and you, I think, are all the scholarship guys. So what do you think about that room? Have you, have you talked to those guys? What's that like? Um, I talk to Caleb all the time. You know, um, that's a good running back room, though. Um, I feel like we all have um, – different abilities and I feel like we some of us got stuff to work on so but it's a good running back room what do you expect in year one like do you think you can come in and, and get reps get minutes do you think it's gonna be uh what, what do you what do you think I mean, that's lots of like you said it's a good room with a lot of good players so it's gonna be hard to break in as a rookie yeah a lot of competition I just gotta come in and um work hard you know learn the playbook and go out there and do my job I can't miss my assignments so hopefully I can get in the First, second string, you know, get in there, try and work my way. Great. And I always ask this to recruits about the signing class. Who are some characters in the class that stand out from, like, the group chat or any conversations? We know Keyshawn Silver. We know yeah. he's a character. Outside of him, who are some guys that we should we should know uh, in the 2021 class uh, for UNC? Um, some characters. Funny guy or anything, anything weird or, or funny? Rara is a funny guy. He's funny. Uh, and Diego, Diego too. 
It's between Diego, Keyshawn, and Ra Ra. They're the funniest guys in the little group or whatever. Awesome. Good to know you. Ra Ra and Diego and Keyshawn are both already on campus. Anything else, Don, for you? From you? No, I'm just, I'm just really happy that he um, – basically, this is his last interview as – I think it's his last interview as a recruit, um, at least from inside Carolina. So, um, thank you so much. I mean, I've been, I've been covering this guy since, what, your sophomore year? Maybe before that? Because yes, um, I'm always going to have like um, every year I go to have lock if great coaches, great um, program there, great um, strength program. There. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, so uh, thank you so much, Camaro, for all your time these past couple of years. And thank you for being a guest today. No problem. Thank you, too. Man. Yeah, Don got a little sappy there on you, Camaro. How about that? <laughs> I was going to cry. <laughs> yeah, I've been covering you since you're a freshman and now you're going to college. All right, man. Hey, I'm looking forward to covering you. Good luck in transitioning to UNC and, and we'll see you uh, in the summer and in the preseason camp. All right. No, thank you. All right. See you, man. Thank you. All right, guys, we're back. We're going to continue the podcast here straight through. We want to appreciate uh, and thank Camaro Edmonds for coming on. Don, what'd you think of that? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Gave some really good um, information. I thought it was – I always like after they sign or if there's a good amount of distance between their commitment or it's clear that they're not changing just to kind of get their insight on just where what they were really thinking. Because there clearly is a lot of stuff they don't tell you even when they commit about, you know, who was it really down to, mm-hmm. what was it really like, all that sort of stuff, just how, how strong of a lead did a particular team have and that sort of stuff. So I always find that aspect interesting. So I, I liked hearing that from him. It seems like a situation where being in state really helped UNC. Yeah. He wasn't even yeah, able to visit I, LSU, which he said was one of his top schools. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I think, I really think North Carolina benefited probably more than mm-hmm. it, it um, hurt them with, when it came to the pandemic. And we talked about this before, you know, you look at Keyshawn Silver is probably my best example. I think that if there wasn't a pandemic, he ends up taking multiple official visits, probably to Florida, probably to LSU, probably some of these other schools. Mm-hmm. What happens then? You know what I mean? I mean, once yeah. once your commit goes to goes on an unofficial visit to an SEC school, all bets are off and you're just kind of holding your breath the entire weekend. Yeah. What do you think about us talking over each other during the interview? Well, we're, we're still I only have one screen and I know that's what you're used to. I'm used to having two uh-huh. screens to uh, do this. So I didn't have uh, my thing up. I had my phone down, but I learned that Slack is a lot slower on my phone than it is on my computer. So mm-hmm. that was causing a little bit yeah, of problem. I, I want to apologize to the listeners for that. We weren't communicating as well. <laughs> and I think there was a little lag or delay. on the We're going to get better. Um, and that affected, yeah. we talked over each other for a couple of questions, which is always awkward part of the game in the virtual world. Okay, let's get right into it, guys. We got a couple more things to touch on before we get to our top um, top five. Well, what did you of think of Camaro? Yeah, great guy. Seems like he has the right mindset. Um, never talked to the guy before in my life, and he all checks all the good boxes. Um, Definitely the hard dude, I mean, not to get weird with it, but massive thighs. You could just tell. Yeah. I mean, he's a big yeah, dude. No, he's a big, to be he, 230. He's a big kid. I, 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 I did watch some of his tape from some of the playoff games, and um, – you know, we can really bounce outside and, and go the distance. Who knows if that speed will hold up at the college level with faster linebackers and defensive ends and, and everything. But um, power back with definitely some athleticism. Um, so it's always good to have those guys uh, along with the quicker running backs as well. All right. Yeah. Good change of pace sort of thing. And you need it for the short yardage stuff, goal line stuff. So, yeah. Okay, great. I Don, think there's this- a definitely a role for him. For sure. And, and him and uh, Caleb Hood are kind of two bigger backs. So they kind of – Elijah Green yeah. and DJ Jones, more of the uh, faster pass-catching shifty backs. And right behind them, Caleb Hood and um, Camaro are more of the bigger backs, goal line backs, that kind of stuff. All right, let's run through these quickly, Don. Not too long on the answers here. I know you're long-winded. We don't want to lose any listeners here. Sherrod Coville, I, uh, his name was mentioned a bunch by you in the last couple scoops in an interview – What's going on with his recruitment, and, and how does it impact uh, what UNC is doing? So UNC actually offered him a long time ago. It was one of the first schools to offer him before, really, he kind of blew up. Uh, UNC was in great position, and then they kind of fell off a little bit to the point where he came out with the top 11 that did not include North Carolina. Dre Bly, which we've talked about as, as far as him as a recruiter, um, was able to get UNC back into that race. We read a story um, I think it was last week, maybe a week mm-hmm. before that w- with him, you know, kind of breaking down just what's going on. 
he's he's still a little bit um I guess trying to figure out what he's going to do in June. He has a visit scheduled, including one to North Carolina. Um, we'll have more on that with, with the weekly scoop next week, but uh, UNC's back in this race. I, I think there's still some ground to, uh, to gain back on some of these other schools. Uh, the competition is pretty stiff, but I think some of this too, I mean, he has a bunch of really good scholarship offers. Some of it, you kind of wonder how legit are, how, how serious are some of these schools with him? I mean, he's mm-hmm. a very good player, but um, some of these schools are, are, kind of filling up pretty quickly say I, I should do this in the intro Sherrod Koval safety six foot 185 ranked 203rd player in the nation number 11 safety from Chesapeake P- Chesapeake Virginia Oscar Smith high school all right running right through it um Travis Shaw I saw our good friend Travis Shaw five-star defensive tackle on your uh, mock class not to give it all away you haven't looked at it make sure you go to don's mock class i believe it was in last week's weekly scoop you had him coming to unc um and of course his grimsley whirlies won the state championship a couple weeks ago what uh what's your reasoning there let's get a little inside scoop into your your update on travis shaw so as everyone knows with the exception of tony grimes who chose North Carolina, even though he had a Clemson scholarship offer, but there was a little bit of Clemson kind of dropped the ball, mishandled things there. Besides Tony Grimes, UNC has had zero success when it comes to recruiting against Clemson. And as of right now, and things can definitely change with Travis Shaw, Clemson and, and UNC are, are the two main competitors. George is in there also. Maybe it's a three-way um, competition for him. But uh, I think UNC's location is going to play a big role it's the only school he visited during the pandemic because of his proximity to his house. He attended the spring game. Uh, he's visited there countless times. He has friends at, at the program. He has to be more familiar there than with any other program because he visited so much. Um, and UNC is going all in on him. There aren't really any other interior defense alignment that they're recruiting besides him. And I mean, it's full court press on him. Um, so it's a little bit of, you know, I'm, I'm gambling a little bit with this selection there, oh, uh, but um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, so more just a, uh, I do that intuition. every once in a while. Yeah. And you know, if you look yeah, at, yeah, it's not, it's not like I have some sort of secret inside knowledge from his, you know, brother or something saying yeah. North Carolina is a leader. Uh, North Carolina is definitely in it, but this is more kind of seeing how th- how I anticipate things kind of playing out. I'm not saying I'm like super confident with it. I'm confident enough to include him on the mock class, though. There you go. Uh, he has four crystal ball picks, and they're all to Clemson. Um, so who knows? Uh, I was in attendance on the field when they won national championship. He dealt with a shoulder injury during that, but um, played every. I think he played every snap on defense, kind of a defensive end for you for Grimsley's um, front. So it was, it was good to see the Whirlies bring home the first state championship uh, since 1960. You know, it mm. wasn't there. Don Callahan. <laughs> because I knew you were going to do a great job on it. There you go. All right, moving along. Dalen Everett. I uh, saw him mention this would be the last player we talk about. Uh, cornerback, 6'1", 185, IMG Academy. I believe, is he from Virginia? Yeah, so he's originally from the Tidewater area. Okay, that's right. Uh, number 38 in the nation, five-star, number seven cornerback, number seven player in the state of Florida. Uh, you included him in your mock class as well, which was uh, another kind of big-time five-star that you included. What's going yeah, on with him? So now? with him, yeah, his recruitment has naturally kind of dwindled down. He had, like, I think he has, I can't, I think it's like a top five. But really, this is going to come down to North Carolina, Georgia, and Clemson. He has official visits scheduled with North Carolina and Georgia. He plans on making a visit to Clemson, but that hasn't been scheduled yet. And I kind of find that curious that, that that's not scheduled yet. I think he's another situation, another Dre Bly special, a guy who um, UNC kind of fell off for a little bit, but Dre Bly kind of came in there, really uh, put on the charm with his parents. His dad knows Dre. I think his dad is younger than Dre, but they both kind of play through the same sort of um, football system growing up. So they, mm-hmm. they know of each other sort of thing. Um, and obviously a guy like that who, you know, goes on playing the, in, in the pros you follow. I, I'm, I would imagine his dad kind of followed his career sort of thing. Um, so, so yeah, North Carolina, I think is in a great position. The official visits are going to play a major role. 
you know, you never count out Georgia, you never count out Clemson, but I think that um, UNC is a great position. And one of the other things I, I failed to mention, and we've mentioned this in the weekly scoop, is that his older brother actually just enrolled and will play football at Elon, which is That's just right. down Interstate 40, uh, which it's not going to be the um, deciding factor. But if you're kind of like trying to feel most comfortable about a place, knowing your brother, or for the parents, knowing you have two boys that are really close together makes things a whole lot easier. It's a great point, Don. Uh, you could probably knock out two games if, they, if it kind of um, plays out well for yeah. that family uh, in one day. Okay, cool. So those are just some players I picked out to highlight. Deuce Caldwell, Shroud Koval, Travis Shaw, Dalen Everett. Um, let's talk about June a little more, Don, to get our listeners um, set for the upcoming month. You're going to have a big scoop, a big, uh, big preview next Tuesday. What can you tell us? I mean, is it going to be crazy visits every day type deal? Like, you know, oh, my gosh, she's coming this day. Oh, my gosh, she's coming this day. What's it going to be like? Um, and do you expect commitments? Like, what do you kind of uh, what, what's kind of cooking, you think? Yeah, I expect I expect a lot of commitments in June. And okay. I think what, what we're going to see is that there's four weekends in June and a lot of the recruits, the ones who definitely want to get done, get their, their recruitment done in the summertime. They're using those four weekends for official visits. And then if they want to take a fifth, they're kind of squeezing it in midweek. Um, so that's kind of, kind of lays it out. North Carolina has a big camp weekend. I think it's the second weekend in June. They'll have the Showtime camp also at a later date in June. They have some seven on seven camps, but yeah, I mean, almost every day there's going to be a recruit on campus and really every day I expect one of North Carolina's targets to be somewhere, whether it's North Carolina or one of its, uh, its competition. Wow. So it's going to be a lot of time for you, a lot of work for you, a lot of tracing down interviews. How are you preparing for, um, the week? The yeah. Month? I mean, are you doing your stretches? You, you're getting your reps in what's, what's, what's looking like? Yeah. Yeah. Doing, doing my stretches. I'm, um, scaling, scaling tall buildings in downtown Raleigh. I've wrestled <laughs> some tigers, you know, you just go. getting all ready. I mean, really right now it's just, it's just checking in with sources, checking in with recruits, double checking and make sure that the schedule they gave me a month ago still matches up because things change all the time. I mean, things will probably change throughout June. So definitely keep, keep, your tabs on uh, North Carolina, inside Carolina, because uh, we'll have all the updates on all those, all those sort of changes, but just kind of, you know, setting things up for, you know, post-visit interviews and, you know, where guys are at. Are you still talking to North Carolina? Does North Carolina want you to officially visit? Do you, do you plan on deciding this, this summer? I mean, all that, all that sort of stuff. It's just a lot of um, background stuff that I'm working on right now. Got to keep me in loop for, uh, for what I have to do with those, um, for my job as well. Please. You're going on vacation in the middle of it. I'm going on. I mean, every weekend in the summer, I, I get out of town. So mm. just how it goes. Mm. But I'll have my laptop with the me life. Everywhere, everywhere I go. Yeah. I mean, I don't have kids. The life. I made a choice not to have kids at this point in my life. I made a choice so, not to get married. So, you're not, so there's no kid. There's never going to be any little Rosses. No, I made a choice at, at my age right now. I have no kids. And that has been intentional. So, but will there be little Rosses eventually? Uh, God willing. Please will pray. you, will you, will you name any of your your children Don? Yeah, Don one and Don two. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, let's get into it. Top five, top five documentaries. The top five for next time to record. It's gonna be the heat of the summer. Don says he's already mm. sweating where he is. It's gonna be top five. Over Ninety degrees. Top five summer activities, right? Is that how you want to phrase it, Don? Yeah. Whatever you like to do in the summer. Okay. Whatever you want to like to do in the summer. So, yeah, maybe you know, maybe not an activity or things you like to do. Anything you like to do in the summer. Let's get the, the positive vibes up. could be anything. Eating watermelon, waterfalls, water slides, water parks, uh, whatever you want to do. Top five things you like to do in the summer. Uh, we'll get a lot of submissions. Let's go through our documentaries. I wanted to do this because I wanted to learn about some documentaries to watch. And I, I'm having, str I'm struggling to really come up with my top five. So yeah, maybe this will I'm spark, struggling also. This will maybe spark some things. You know, I love documentaries. I, I just don't watch enough of them. Um, so let's read a couple here. I'm not going to read too many of these explanations, but uh, there are a bunch um, on here. I'll start at the top here, Don. 
Uh, John from Lynchburg, my octopus teacher, documents a year spent um, by a filmmaker forging a relationship with a wild octopus in South Africa. Dang, that sounds crazy. Man on the Wire, I've seen this. Uh, Chronicles, Philippe Petit, 1974 high wire walk between the Twin Towers of New York, New York's World Trade Center. Uh, number three, Restrepto. I think I pronounced that right. Second platoon is depicted defending the outpost named after a platoon medic who was killed earlier in a campaign in Afghanistan. Food Inc. examines corporate farming in the United States. I think I've watched some of that. Concluding that agribusinesses uh, produces food that's unhealthy in a way that is also environmentally harmful and abusive to both animals and employees. And one, searching for Sugar Man. Never heard of this one. Don't research it. Don't look it up. Don't read the tagline. You ruin the twist. Just read it and push. Just find it and push play. Amazing. Searching for Sugarman. Okay. Don? All right, I'm going to go with Dylan in Richmond because this is, I, I believe, his first time submitter. Number five, Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. I actually started that, didn't finish it. It was pretty good. Um, a lot. I felt like it kind of went a lot, of, a lot of the same repeat sort of things, you know, different yeah, girls, cool. but basically the same story. That guy had a uh, had a, a type and a method, so everything was the same. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, number four, March of the Penguins. Number three, ESPN, no crossover, the trial of Allen Iverson. I watched that, loved that. I consider there's so many 30 for 30s I've seen, and I, I consider mm-hmm. for my top five. That was one of them I did not include it, though. Michael Vick, another one I've seen, was really good. Uh, number one, I have not heard of this, Alabama Snake, absolute bone chilling based on a snake preacher who forces his wife to stick her hand in a rattlesnake cage to kill her. Whoa. Wow. See, like I would okay. never have heard about that if uh, yeah. Dylan hadn't submitted that. So I'm going to, I'm definitely keep these on here, Dom. I'm definitely going to go back and check out some of these. All right. Um, let's leave, Let's read our friend um, Noah from Korea. I'm not going to read the explanations. It's pretty long, but Icarus is about a biking. It's a, uh, a big biking um, documentary uh, with some cheating and some drugs. Free solo. It's about the um, a guy's uh, voyage free climbing uh, a wall in a national park. <laughs> All right. The Fog of War uh, about Robert uh, McNamara. Number and he has American Factory, which I've seen about kind of labor laws and, and politics between U.S. and China and kind of how they're intertwined in an American factory. And the Vietnam War, which is like a 10 part documentary by ken burns um super in-depth super long um and he has his his next one is man on wire and restreptio which um we've already mentioned as well are you gonna read one more i'll read one more yeah i'll go with david and raleigh he's another one who i believe this is the first time he has submitted number one history of the eagles great band and went into the early years the breakup and the reunion number two the last dance i think we had a rule that you weren't allowed to include the last dance but we'll allow it for david uh, hopefully everyone has seen that. That's great. I'm not a huge NBA guy, but I loved it. Um, number three, neat. The story of bourbon and interview several people involved in the industry. Number four, running down a dream tracks Tom Petty and the heartbreakers from Florida to LA and where he wouldn't compromise for corporate success. And number five, in, the inside story, NBA on TNT, not a big NBA fan these days, but this is an interesting look at the show inside the NBA and how it transforms sports tv are you are you an nba guy no you know i don't really watch it okay. I, dude after college basketball ends dude i don't watch much sports just by choice like i just like i've watched it so much so much football so much basketball i, I would like to get into the nba and, and even some other stuff but i just decide not to um okay <clears throat> you know i may watch the finals but i just kind of i shut down i love some of those submissions i'm definitely gonna check out the eagles one and um the Tom Petty one and inside story of the NBA that I love that group. Um, Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, we, hey, we, Jack. We have no submission from Preston this, this week, which is very disappointing. Yeah. But go ahead. Okay. Let's read one more here. We got ding dong. Uh, we have two more. So we'll read both of them. Ding dong from Orange County. Um, let's see. Catfish. Brain surgeons who model bikinis in their spare time i've do not exist is that a thing i've seen i've seen catfish okay we you know what that catfish is actually what well well if you've seen it you'll understand what you're saying but the um that documentary is what made mtv have the tv show catfish 
Gotcha. But the oh, I love okay. I I actually now that he brings it up, I actually like it because instead of like the TV show where they call them ahead of time and say we're going to meet you, they actually went to this woman's house in like the middle of the night. And I remember being it, it was kind of for me it was kind of intense because you're like is someone going to pop out you know because they're just filming you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no like warning or whatever. So yeah, that's actually a good one. I wish I would have thought about it when I was doing mine. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna check it out. Okay, so he's got that one. Beyond Scared Straight. Um, which I don't know what that is. He just says respect your elders. Uh, three, ZZ Top, mm. that little band from Texas. Um, about obviously ZZ Top. Two, fastest car, blue collar mechanics building drag cars from junk parts and blowing the doors off spoiled trust fund babies and Lambos. Okay, good. Um, good description there. And any nature documentary with David Attenberg as the narrator. Dude could be talking about monkey butts for two straight hours. And his voice would draw a ding dong in like a moth to a flame. There you go. Monkey butts. All right, Don, last one. You read Locke. So, Locke. Okay. Um, Icarus. Is that how you pronounce it? I think it's Icarus. 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 Um, we, we talked about that already. Free Solo. I think you talked about it also. The two Escobars, another really good one. I, I'm not like huge, huge into soccer, but I mm-hmm. like that when I watched it. But that was one of the first 30 for 30. So I, I don't remember it a whole lot. It's not really only on based on soccer but obviously there's the cartel twist wild wild country i started that one too and never it could it, i don't know early on it just didn't pull me in maybe i need to retry because other people have recommended that to me yeah um and last going clear scientology and the prison of belief history of scientology and its founding and present examination of practices there's a bunch of um documentary documentaries on on Scientology and just like negative on it. I've, I've watched various ones here and there, the Lee Remney one, you know, a couple other ones, just weird stuff, but. Be careful what you say about religion on this podcast, guys. We can't say is much. That, is, that, is that really a religion or should I not? Even? I don't know. I mean, I think it is a religion. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, be, be careful. There's a lot of po- political and religious documentaries as well. All right, what are your five, Dom? All right, so like you, I really struggled. And you said that you didn't get a chance to watch a lot. I watch a lot of documentaries, but there's so many that are like, I guess I call them like playful documentaries. You know, like I watched one on, on the history of Nickelodeon, which was actually pretty good, but I didn't include it in my list. Or like the um, video game um, battle of like the 1990s or 1980s, 1990s with Nintendo and Sega, which was really interesting. Um, but then there's like serious ones, like super serious ones, like, Ken Burns documentaries, as far as like information, it's just nuts. And I've tried to watch a lot of those. I end up falling asleep. And <laughs> I have tremendous respect because there's so much information, so much just you know, diving in. But yeah, it's just so dry. I, I can't imagine though how he can present it in a better way than what he does because he does an unbelievable job. So I kind of feel, I don't know, I kind of feel slight, like um, not a great documentary watcher but anyway so my five like i said big 30 for 30 um the pony express i really liked because i've heard a lot about it but it was uh but you know i wasn't i don't well i guess it was in the early 80s i was alive but i wasn't really paying attention to sport at that time so it was great to kind of get like a side of it um inside of it and, and actually learn what was going on uh evil genius on netflix oh yeah have you seen that i freaking love that yeah. Uh, what was that about? It was about basically this this woman and this guy, and they're like just really kind of like I don't know how to describe them. Just yeah, super. I'm not sure if I'd call that a documentary. Well, I mean, that's the other thing is like there was yeah, a lot I mean, of I was uh, you know was was Tiger King a documentary? Was um, yeah, I guess it. I mean, I guess the, it's a documentary. It's like I would consider that more like like a true crime story. Yeah. Okay. But right. yeah, well, I mean, it, I mean, I guess it documents. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's a little. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I just the Tiger King documentary. I just yeah, and the Free Britney documentary. Uh, yeah. I'd call that. <laughs> have you seen that? I have. So you think that's a documentary? I actually, I actually, I didn't know what was going on with her, and I actually forgot how yeah. attractive she was. To be honest, she's keeping your but anyway. Hands. <laughs> oh my god dude. um so evil genius is about you know these two people just intelligent to the point of insane yeah. and they this one guy is kind of talked into having a bomb around his neck and he literally blows up and it's caught on television because 
TV cameras happened to come at that time. It's just, it's just insane. And like the whole thing is, I, I loved it. It was only, it's like five episodes or something like that, or maybe eight episodes on, on Netflix. Definitely check that out. Um, Andre the Giant. Um, you know, I like wrestling when I was younger. Andre the Giant was always like a bigger, larger than life sort of thing. But it was interesting, just his background, just what in his struggles and the fact that this guy could like kill an entire keg of beer and, and be fine and, and all the other things he had to deal with was kind of interesting. Um, number two, the best it never was, which another 30 for 30 on the running back mm-hmm. from Mississippi. Yeah, I can't remember I his name that. now, but um, I never I, I never heard of him prior to watching that. So I, I found that really fascinating. Um, and he could have been one of the best ever if, if he had better support and guidance with his uh, his life. Um, and then the last one, number one for me was OJ Made in America. I don't mm-hmm. think it's technically 30 for 30, but it's ESPN one. They did a really good job and they dove really, really deep on it. It wasn't just following the, the trial. It was going deep on OJ and just setting things up like how he basically – you know, the black community kind of felt like he turned his back on them early on and wanted to be, you know, kind of part of the white community and all that sort of stuff. Um, and which really is kind of crazy how he twists. And then, you know, he kind of looks for that black community support when he's going through the trial stuff and, and everything like that. Um, but I, I thought that was fascinating, especially if you, you know, it's, it's, it's another one. It's like five episodes or whatever, but those are my five. Awesome. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah. Some of those are on my list as well. And those are good things. I think there's like a, I'm looking at a lot of lists right now. I think we have to separate kind of like true crime documentaries from like legit documentaries. I don't know. I would, they're just, they're different, but they're the same, you know. Um, There's definitely a blurred line. I've seen tons of these true crime things that I'm seeing now that I just don't consider Mm -hmm. documentaries, you know, like The Staircase and like Evil Genius. That's another, The Staircase is another good one. Yeah. I just don't consider that. I don't know. It is a documentary. It's just like fits a different mold. So, um, all right, the five yeah. that I have, which we'll run through them. I have one that has not – I have two that have not – no, I have three that have not been mentioned that I would consider definitely in my top group. I'll start with the ones that haven't mentioned. OJ Made in America, I agree, it was great. Uh, and that's kind of like a thing that we lived through. Probably, you were probably more able to understand than I was. Yeah. I, was I was, you know, eight, nine, ten around that time, I believe. Um, huge part of American history. Uh, free solo is awesome. You have to watch it if you have it. Um, pretty cool look at the world of climbing and like into the psyche of this guy who um, climbs a, like a sheer cliff with nothing but his uh, himself. And then uh, here's some wow. other ones. Last Waltz uh, is one of the, I think one of the better music documentaries. It profiles the it's this group called The Band and their last show on Thanksgiving weekend back in the seventies and it has a bunch of guests. It's kind of like a, a mix between a concert and a documentary. Um, that's one of my favorite bands, the band. So the last waltz of a great soundtrack as well. Um, and then two other ones, no particular order. The U I was going through 30 for thirties. I would say the U is one of my favorite 30 for thirties. I like the U that I consider uh, that one. It had two parts. I was just, I, I love the 30 for thirties, but you know, they all run them together. And the one that stood out to me was the U. Yeah uh profiling the what the was that 90s late late 80s 90s miami teams i guess miami or, yeah yeah back when michael yeah. was on there but they didn't the second one profiled the 2000 ones didn't they yeah yeah i think yeah and then fry fest or sorry Firefest, um about the music festival that got really messed up down in the bahamas there are two different ones there's a hulu one i think and a netflix one but really interesting documentary about this guy and uh, him like kind of like creating this festival that was a disaster. Have you seen that one? I have not. Oh man. When it came out, it was like a really big deal. Cause there were two of them okay. that came out at the same time. Uh, kind of like a millennial Gen Z type situation with influencers and whatnot. All right. Gotcha. We good. We are good. I'm going to definitely add some of these to my uh, watch list. I'm surprised you didn't have last chance you. Well, yeah, is, is that, that docu- a documentary? I don't, I don't know if that's a documentary. I think that's that. I think that's more of like a um, like a reality. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would classify that. As. Yeah, I think you're right. I like Last Chance for You though. I know you do. All right, that's it, guys. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Enjoyed the show. We want to thank Kamara Edmonds for coming on. Uh, pay attention to the scoops, guys. June's gonna be a huge week, huge month for um, UNC football recruiting. So the best time to subscribe now and listen uh, to the podcast and. 
read all of Don's intel. There'll be a lot of stuff coming in on the boards and through articles and through weekly scoops. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.